Hurry up. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Ruining the show, Ryan. Scurvy Rob. Move along. That's it's not scurvy. It's just my throat scratch. No, that's your pirate name. too much. Scurvy Rob. You guys make me do all the talking here. I mean, you don't even give me water. <laughs> you got coffee. That doesn't rehydrate you. That actually makes you more thirsty. <laughs> you bastard. This is the AT Banter Podcast, a balanced and entertaining look at assistive technology, accessibility, and its importance in people's lives. Join Rob Minot, Ryan Fleury, and Steve Barclay as they banter with people around the world about anything and everything regarding assistive technology and the disability community. Now, on with the show. Hey, and welcome to another episode of AT Banter. Banter, banter. Like, like that dramatic pause today? It was dramatic. That was dramatic. It was. Did you feel the tension? Yeah, I did. You just wanted that. You wanted that. It's like that. You left me longing for more. I, I felt like yeah. it was in a Jordan Peele movie. <laughs> Get out. Um... What's what's shaking, fellas? Oh, let's see what's shaking. It's wet. It's wet. <coughs> Holy smokes, is it wet? Oh, it's just bucketing down here. Yeah, it is. Uh, we are we are well into fall. Summer is now. officially over here. Although the plants, every every tree around is, is just <laughs> going. What the hell? You know, I'm green. I'm verdant. It, it was it was 30 degrees a week ago. What is going on? <laughs> yeah, no I haven't even had time to change my leaves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's like it's like taking somebody from a NASCAR race and throwing him into an Oscar party, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. First Children's Low Vision Project Clinic of the Year is this week, Thursday, Friday. So the day we post this podcast. Oh, you're gonna be on. Okay. I'll be at a CLVP clinic. Where is it? Langley. Oh, okay. Well, you're not going exotic, out of town. Exotic Langley. Yeah, good old, good old Langley. Yeah. That's not Langley, Virginia. That's Langley, British Columbia. That's right. You take a deep breath and smell those turkeys. (laughs) (laughs) And cranberries. Don't forget the cranberries. All right. Yep. They go with the turkeys. Are we, do we still have to do this fallback thing? What did they come down on that? They haven't decided yet. Daylight savings thing. They haven't decided. I thought, didn't they they have a big referendum and didn't everybody like say, yeah, let's get rid of it? No, BC's still waiting to see what the other Western states are going to do. Come on. Mm -hmm. Will you please just get rid of this stupid thing? I don't I just don't get it. I know. And that's how how big of a pain in the butt is that going to be? Because I guess guess the problem is that everybody needs to change. You can't just have one province or one even one section of North America do it and not have the others do it because then you've got all kinds of weird time changes. Yep. But okay. still. Okay, it's 9 o'clock in British Columbia. What time it is, is it in Washington State? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's going to be just more math for us. You don't need more math. Nope. They shouldn't have got us into this in the first place. But no, they should just stay. We should just... Come on. Yeah. Yep. Trump, do one thing. Just do one thing of use. No, it's not even just Trump, Horgan. You know, they're yeah, all waffling if, on it. So you, yeah, but if the U.S. does it, you know that we'd follow suit. We would, we'd have to. Hopefully. Let's know. be leaders. Let's, Let's be, be leaders. leaders. Yeah, I'm Let's lead the way. Don't, don't we, we don't care what you do. Legalized marijuana. Can we not just get rid of this 
stupid time change? No, we can't even get ride sharing. Oh, yes, we can. We have ride sharing in Vancouver right now. Do we? We do indeed. Who? Uh, they are called. I just downloaded the app. Hmm. The first official oh, ride share. Oh, is this? Uh, what are they called? Cater. Uh, Cater. That's right. Yeah. With which it, I believe is is a taxi company. K a t e r. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know a lot about it. I just heard the name. <sighs> well, that's just a messed up. Uh, BC is just messed up for this. Yep. I mean, they've just screwed this up so badly. Yep, yep. But anyway. Uh, anyways, hey, Ryan. Rob. Uh, what are we doing today? Today we are talking with Ben Schogler from Skoog Music, all about the Skoog. I mean, this is, it's funny. You know, we're sort of revisiting our, our first six months of, of the show because uh, I think he was he was one of our first guests yeah. too. We had him on fairly early on in our careers as podcasters. So uh, yeah, we cool to see what uh, what's going on with Skoog and how it's uh, changed. See, so there's excitement about the Skoog. There Someone is. is very excited. Oh hey, you know what? Let's let's go a little bit. Of, let's talk a little inside baseball for people, just because uh, you know I never know they might be interested. Uh, but the other thing we're doing, Ryan, is what later today after the mics go off i believe Sorry. Yeah. Uh, you don't believe stop I, with it i don't know i think i didn't I, say that you did i, I didn't say i don't know say do it what uh, are we doing all i've been told is that mr barkley has a song and he's going to attempt to do some recording today for, for I, what so okay so I've had the start of the lyrics for a, an AT Banter theme song for, I don't know, year and a half, two years. And I have an idea of what I want the tune to be, but I've never actually sat down and plunked it out too much. So last yesterday, because Ryan's been going through various theme songs using uh, royalty-free music, some of which is entirely too dramatic for, That's for awesome. what we're doing. Oh, it sounds awesome. great. It sounds great. But it sounds like, you know, we're uh, we're taking over uh, we're getting know, the serious. Iron Throne or something. In some of them. Yeah. But, uh, we're epic. Come on. I know, yeah. But uh, it just doesn't doesn't feel like us. So yeah. I actually sat down yesterday and I, I uh, hooked up my recording system. I got the laptop upstairs into the room, got it hooked up to the keyboards. I got my guitar out, plugged it in. And there was a broken pot on my uh, <laughs> volume pot on my guitar. So I was like, oh, damn it. Pull all the strings off, pull the pot out, fix the pot, put the pot back in. Go downstairs to where I think I've got strings. Discover, no, those are 12-string strings. Okay, so so I picked up some strings for the guitar, went home last night, strung the guitar. As I'm doing the last string... The second to last string broke. Oh, <laughs> so now I got to restring the guitar again. Fun, fun. So I haven't had a whole lot of time to uh, really plunk away on this thing because I got tied up in the technical details. But we'll we'll hammer it out. Well, even if we can get like just a rough guitar track down. Yeah. You know, yeah. We and can you've got lyrics. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, and you have lyrics. I have lyrics. What did you find that rhymes with idiots? <laughs> uh, well, that, so that's going to be interesting. That'll be fun to do. So we're going to be doing that a little bit later. So, you know, in the coming weeks, who knows? You may hear a new intro theme song. Yeah, one that will have a cowbell solo. Which Rob will play. Yes. He's going to be percussion. Yes. And we're going to have a skoog in it, too. I like it. I think we should. Yeah. 
I think we should. Ben will love that. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? Uh, real quick, before we bring Ben on, though, uh, I did notice that there was an update to one of the stories that we talked about a few weeks ago that I just kind of wanted to hit on real quick. Um, you remember, Ryan, when we were talking a few weeks ago about Audible uh, getting sued by all the book publishers because they were... Um, Generating text? Yeah, they had come up with this captioning system uh, that would bring up the text of an audiobook as the audiobook was being read to you and it sort of was was being touted as as a as an educational feature to help uh, people <clears throat> say with with learning disabilities or people who are like say maybe learning a new language learning english as a as a second language um so it was it was basically a, an, an educational um feature um and of course, the book publishers sort of came back and they didn't like that at all because copyright issues um, over different formats. An audiobook is very different than the printed word and they want to keep those separate. Um, <clears throat> well, Audible has uh, responded to these lawsuits and uh, they are touting that the system is indeed fair use. Uh, so, Shocker. <clears throat> and Audible's argument is that the the text that's generated it only comes up like six or eight words as at a time as like following along the the audio track the way that the system works is that it takes the the audio of that audiobook and it and it sends it to the the audible servers which then transcribes it in full and then sends it back to your device <clears throat> so Technically, yes, there is on your living on your device is a full audio transcribed text version of the audiobook that you're listening to. But you never have access. You don't have access to that. Yeah. The only time that you have access to any of those words is, again, you know, six to eight words at a time as the track goes. So you, it's not like you could just rip that, that portion out and just use it as a, as a book. Um, there's just no way to do it. So <clears throat> that's their argument anyways. So it will be interesting to see how this, this court case lands. I mean, I think that, you know, book publishers should just relax a little bit. I mean, uh, I mean, I get it. You have to be territorial about these things and everybody wants to get paid. But at the same time, you know, this is, this is Audible trying to do something that, you know, is legitimately a piece of AT. Like this is... This is something that can help people who need it, whether it's, you know, because of a learning disability or even it's just as easy as something as um, they're trying to learn English. And this this would definitely help them. Yeah. Um, Book publishers are notoriously paranoid about people pirating their stuff. And you know what? They're, they're paranoid about stuff that never even really happens. Yeah. Like, remember when OCR software first was coming out, all of the book publishers were like, oh, everybody's going to OCR our books and then share them online and yeah. people will print out their own copies of the book. Who's going to OCR an entire book and then print out a copy on their own printer? Mm. <laughs> yeah, you know? that's right. Yeah. Like, nobody. Maybe it's happened, you know, a couple of times, but it's certainly not going to be something that people are going to do on a regular basis. Mm. No. no. I, I suspect that the courts are going are gonna to side with Audible on this. I think that this is definitely book publishers are just being litigious because they can. Hey, Steve, why don't you tell the fine folks about Canadian Assistive Technology? 
Well, Canadian Assistive Technology is a Canadian-based distributor of, guess what, assistive technology. I would not have guessed that. Uh, really? Oh, i got to work something better into the name then. <laughs> um, and uh, we do uh, all kinds of low vision and blindness aids, as well as all kinds of physical access aids and uh, accessible furniture, you name it. Visit our website at www.canastech.com. Rick, let me ask you about this. Chaos Technical Services. Chaos Technical Services. Don't sound so excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Speaking of repairs. We are the sister company to Canas Tech. Um, we do the repairs on uh, low vision devices, uh, uh, reading machines uh, for libraries, braille printers, and pretty well anything in between. We can be found at uh, www.chaostechnicalservices.com. Joining us now is Ben Schogler from Skoog. Morning, Ryan. How are you doing? Doing well, Ben. How are you? I'm not too bad. It's been a while. It's been, I think, three years almost to the day. I was looking. I was looking <laughs> Good goodness me. Looking, really? Did you write it down on the calendar, Ryan? No, I was looking back at our past episodes to see when we had Ben on last, and it's almost almost to the day. Wow, it's, look at you. It's like you planned these things, Ryan. <laughs> I didn't plan this one at all. <laughs> Why don't we just start out with telling us a little bit about the Skoog itself, how it works, and who it's good for? Okay. Well, hi there. I'm uh, Dr. Ben Shogler. I'm one of the founders of Skoog Music. Music, and we are responsible for inventing, creating, and supporting something called the Skoog, which is a musical instrument uh, that's created specifically to overcome the barriers that some people might face in accessing traditional musical instruments or music making in general. So it was born out of a government-funded project over in the UK back in 2006, 2008. And then myself and David Scalina, who are as my other founder partner, we began working more widely with schools and children and all kinds of people. Anyway, where people face challenges music to kind of bring the technology to fruition. And then we launched the first Skoog back in 2010, was a, a USB-based device. And the Skoog is essentially a tactile cube. So it's a, a squishy box with kind of lovely domed buttons on each side and they're color-coded. And so it's, it's a soft interactive interface, essentially. Um, for the musicians amongst you, it's a tunable pentatonic instrument. So it can be set to any, any kind of notes and scales, but there are five notes at a time. And this unique combination of a, a tactile cubic device that's really inviting um, to touch and play with, particularly for young children or anyone, really. It's these, these raised buttons on this smooth, squashy surface, Just they just call out to, to press them, and it invites all kinds of interaction. And using this uh, rather interesting-looking device, anyone can access music-making, play music, and even learn to play in orchestras or create their own music, create loops, uh, do multi-sensory things, do sound effects. There's all kinds of things that have grown over the years since we first launched the Skoog in 2010, where it was originally for emulating orchestral instruments and playing in bands, and now it links to the iPad and do all kinds of stuff. And hopefully, uh, throughout our chat, I can update you on what's new with the Skoog, what, what's changed, and maybe uh, share some stories about the way, different way people are using Skoog. It's something that um, in the original research, we, our brief was to cover as wide a range of abilities as possible, and that's something we still try and do to this day. Talk to me a little bit about, about the origin of it. Was it always going to be something that, that especially, especially given the tactileness, I feel like that's the really unique part of the Skoog is, yeah. that, is well, that it's squishy and, it's, and it's, it's very tactile. Was that sort of always the plan to develop something like so that? 
So, I mean, the, the, the sort of research into this began way back in 2002. But when myself and David were, were working with schools in Scotland and we were kind of embedded in classrooms and we were working in quite high dependency, perf- uh, multiple uh, disability units. And we were working with different bits of technology and sensors and bringing these in and working with students and teachers and trying to get them to interact with the technology. And a lot of the students we were working with were nonverbal. Um, and... We, we found it was very difficult with more traditional technologies. And most technology like a, like a tablet or a computer or a switch is hard. You know, it's like plastic or metal and, and it, it, it's not very inviting to touch. And we noticed um, with the students working with that they, they really enjoyed these kind of tactile toys, like these kind of squishies or cuddly toys or things that had a bit more of a tactile element, a, sque- a squeezable element. So we began putting some of the sensors we were working with inside these tactile toys and that's where suddenly things came alive it you know the, the the young people wanted to interact with these things they enjoyed the that tactile feeling and the the, the way that the sound would then change with it and actually the way it goes back is it's it's a very fundamental kind of sense it's essentially you as a human being are are designed to interact with other human beings that's your that's your main reason for being is to hang out with other human beings and human beings are soft it doesn't matter how much you work out in the gym (laughs) you're still essentially squishy stuff hung on a on a frame and that's what we're naturally drawn to interact with is this uh tactility and that's what really drove that so the interaction with the 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 students and then we went from there to try to develop a really specific material and actually it's one of the things that's evolved you know since the early skoog one which was made of we still use polyurethane foam but it was the the new skoog that we have now is actually even more tactile than it's ever been so it's softer but actually more resilient so it's one of the things that we've been playing with on this journey we've is trying to trying to refine that tactility because it is, it is absolutely, it is unique, this kind of soft interface. This it, is it's, it's the first piece of soft hardware um, <laughs> that allows this kind of very human interaction. You know, you, you touch it and you're able to create sound by just this, by touching it. And, and it's just, it's just very natural. And, and as a result, it's very easy to play. Yeah, I was going to ask if Ryan was your prototype, you know, squishy and musical. <laughs> Somehow I knew we were going to go there. <laughs> we're all we're, we're all musical, and we're we're all yeah. That 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 goes for everyone. It, it also makes it very durable as well. So it's like it, yeah. it, it accomplishes a few different things, making it the squishy as as you did. Yeah, so I mean, the squishiness it it, it make it it. Well, it makes it very durable because of the way we do the sensing. So the, the sensors are buried, buried deep inside this uh, squishy block, which protects the sensors, but also provides this unique way of um, of tracking the movement. You know, if we had the, you know, if we had a, an array of sensors on the outside, then that would be more difficult to to make durable. And and the durability is is an important thing when you you know even just in your standard classrooms or anywhere. You know, there's a lot of wear and tear, and you've got to, and things that that people are interacting with through touch, you know, really do, do take a lot of wear. And so you have to be, you know, a, a traditional instrument and strings and they need regular servicing, uh, you know, cause if you're playing them, using them a lot, they need, they need the upkeep. And so you have to be, you have to be, you know, up for holding your own in this, in this tactile environment. And that tactile materials that we use really, really are amazing for that. What the original scoop was, uh, the white one, um, which was USB, that was very, not prone to, but often it, it looked quite like a cake. Uh, 
you know, it's quite bright and inviting and, and often student, some students would like to put it in their mouth and explore it that way. And often it would get a bite taken out of it. Hmm. Now it wouldn't stop it working, but you know, we'd have to repair, you know, the various parts and we could replace the buttons and the block and these things. Whereas the new Skoog has got a, a kind of thick rubber coating on it, like a skin. Now that actually improves it much, much better durability than the one, particularly when it comes to uh, oral explore, exploration, <laughs> which is, you know, which is great. We continue to keep all the doors open in terms of how you can interact with this. Before we, we'd sort of dive into to talking a little bit about, about um, how the Skoog has changed since last time we talked to you, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm kind of interested because I feel like a lot of people really don't understand music therapy and, and just how it works and all the different facets of it. Obviously, m- music is such a powerful tool in, in mm. any, any sort of therapeutic setting. Um, can you kind of step us through uh, uh, some maybe some case studies or some examples of just how the, something like the Skoog would be used? Um, yeah, and, and I mean, who the, would the, be used for? The, I mean, the thing with, I suppose, is a good place to start in understanding and different ways it can be used is how this kind of cube works in terms of breaking down barriers to music. So through our kind of studies and our travels and working with various different groups, there, there are two big barriers to making music with instruments. And the first one is a physical kind of skill barrier, coordination needed just to make the sound. So, you know, how to hold it right, pluck it right, put your fingers in the right place, blow in the right way, and, you know, all the different kind of combinations of buttons to press. And so there's a real there's a real skill element to just making the sounds. And with the Scoo Cube, all you have to do is touch it and it'll make a, a sound. And it can be any sound. It could be a guitar, it could be a flute, it could be a crazy space synth. But all you have to do is touch it in some way. It's sensitive all over. So that takes part of the being able to make a good sound. Um, and that immediately opens up various experiences for individuals in terms of just being able to play with sound. So one one area where it has been used now, which I think is it's really interesting, is in early development, where by being able to just play with sound, someone who maybe hasn't had that experience, someone who might be nonverbal or uh, hasn't have that control of their body, then their this ability to play with sound through touching this object, it's almost like allowing uh, finger painting with sound or babbling in a way, you know, to be able to play with sound in a, you know, and really ex- play around with that just for fun, making sounds. So making sounds is easy with the, with the device. And the next sounds, when you, when you want to move that into a more of a musical framework, it's what sounds to make, so you know, what notes to play and when and how long and these kind of things. And that traditionally you know, will take you a long time learning music theory and how these dots and lines work and what key things are in. But what we do with the Skoog is we give five notes at a time, one on each side and one on top. So, and it sits on the base where the electronics are housed. So there are five active surfaces and there's a different note on each surface. And these are tuned to particular notes from what's called a pentatonic scale. Now, what that does is it essentially means that you can improvise or play with any music or any kind of piece of music or music people are playing immediately. It's a bit like being a professional jazz improviser without having to take any lessons. So with, you know, if I'm a bass player, for example, and I've spent a lot of time studying and learning different keys and things. And so when I go and play with a, a particular group, they say it's in E flat, and I know there are a certain number of notes that I can play around with to make them fit with that piece of music. And what we do with Skoog is we do that with the actual instrument. So when you sit down to play it, it it's automatically set to a key where the, inst- the, the notes are going to work. So it addresses both the physical and the kind of learning or cognitive challenge you might face in in making music 
And that unlocks a whole different ways of using it. So there's simply playing with sound and sounds in a, in a kind of fun way of just creating and controlling sound. Uh, there are, it can be used for inclusion purposes. So an example would be um, a school in a sort of primary, sort of elementary class where you have, we had a student with um, cerebral palsy who wanted to take part in a group band but couldn't physically hold the instruments. And so Skoog enabled her to play and she was able to play and use traditional score and play with the band. And another student in the same class physically was quite able but face challenges cognitively in terms of reading and learning music in a traditional way. And she was able to actually use, <clears throat> excuse me, colored score because each side of the skook has a different color uh, ring around the button. So each is, you know, you have a blue side, a red side, a yellow side, a green side. Each of those relates to a note. And so by doing a colored score, well, so blocks of color that you can follow, it makes it very easy to play melodies and, and learn and play with the rest of the band. And so there you have it working in inclusion context to support band or group music making. <clears throat> We've had students use it for moving into more sort of playing in, in an orchestra and supporting more traditional teaching and learning. Uh, more diverse ways it can be used is with um, to engage uh, maybe uh, nonverbal individuals in more multisensory behaviors. And so you can assign any sound to it. So it doesn't have to be musical sounds or notes. So sometimes you might find an, uh, someone who likes a particular environmental sound, like uh, latches, door handles, or mechanical sounds that they might engage with. And you can use those and sample those onto the Skoog and then get that person playing with those sounds that they like playing with. And then you can tune them and then sort of build on that to create a kind of musical experience. So everything from elementary education, uh, inclusion, orchestral practice, band work, uh, multi-sensory kind of exploration and soundscapes, or even actually we've had individuals record their own, you know, record vocal samples on it and use it for singing as part of a group. Hmm. So a really diverse number of ways it can be used. And actually, and also recently we've, we've seen a lot of multi-sensory kind of applications using, we build a new app for Skoog, which is a, a special sampling app. And that allows you to put sound effects or animal noises. And so you could then use the Skoog in a class to work through a multi-sensory story and add sound effects of different characters, animals, or actions. And so there's really a, a whole host of different ways it can be used. And when you're playing with sound and you when you provide that interactivity, when you give the student uh, or the or the player the ability to control and create sounds themselves, and you create a dynamic in that sense, that's where music, as a sort of an activity, has its real power in including people and providing that kind of social inclusion, interactivity, and and opportunity to participate and be part of something. So just one more one more sort of design question because I'm, I'm kind of yeah. curious why the cube well, like why did he design it that way well the, the the cubic design came about through a few factors but but the main one is is was trying to find you know we, we, we knew we needed it to be tactile we needed it to be this kind of soft material and we needed a shape that was easy to hold in the hands uh, so uh, uh, the one that immediately comes to mind is a, is a ball. You know, a round object is almost the, probably the most ergonomic, you know, easiest to hold, you know, something that's round and smooth. But the shape also has to, in in particular circumstances, it has to be able to tell you how to use it. So it has to be intuitive. And so with a perfectly round ball, it's difficult to know where, you know, where do you put the different notes and how do you make them different from each other. So we started to play around with shapes and 
it, you know, to some extent, the cubic form is is incredibly simple to understand and robust. It's it's like a really strong. It's easy to understand if you're if you have a visual impairment. So just by using your hands, you know, all the surfaces are at right angles to each other, and it's really easy to understand. You know, this is here and that's there in a very different space, right. almost in a different. Um, axes you know it's kind of very everything's at 90 degrees whereas with more complex shapes shapes like polyhedrons uh you know with like 15 or 12 or however many sides it starts to become more difficult to work out you know where one side starts and another one ends if you're using just touch and also visually as well so it, it's a very robust form and shape and the other thing with it is in terms of the design you know, when we're looking at assigning a single note to a single definable surface that you can see and feel sort of separately, then the cube gives us access to a maximum of, of six sides, but we needed we needed to be able to sit it on a table. So I need to have like one inactive side to know which was the bottom and right. you know, what was the base. And then it gives you an opportunity to have five sides. And that unlocks this uh, world of pentatonic scales that open up the opportunity of improvisation and creativity in a, in a really unique way. And so it's a, I suppose it's, it's design meets serendipity in terms of the actual form and, and what it affords in terms of accessing the, a certain number of notes. And the, the cube does that. And, and it just, it, it, you know, it works. It's, it's easy to use. It's really easy to understand. And it gives enough opportunity to be creative without being daunting or challenging. Yeah, you know, I think it's one of those things, you know, and I have to give you guys a, a lot of credit. It's one of those things that is is such a simple solution to a very complicated problem that once it's been developed, you just go, well, geez, why didn't we think of this a long time ago? Um, okay, well, let's, uh, why don't we step into a little bit about uh, what's new with the Skoog? Okay. So in terms of, you know, so we started off with Skoog in, in, in 2010 and the original Skoog was USB. Uh, it came with macro windows software uh, at a sensitivity range and it was white with bright colored buttons. And over the years, I mean, what's, so what's new really is first thing is it's Bluetooth, it's wireless and it works with iPad and uh, it works with iOS, which is, is a huge advance in this in this arena for in terms of being able to make it wireless and have the low enough latency to be to be usable as a musical instrument and you know iPads and iOS is such a great platform for accessibility and and supporting you know in that environment that that's really what the users and the, the teachers and people were asking for in terms of we want it to work with these devices so that that's that's big that's huge um it's because it's wireless it's it's battery powered so um you might say well you know battery powered things we have to charge it and all these kind of elements but the battery on scoob will give you you know over 10 hours full playing time so we find that it you know can last up to you know if you're using it an hour a day you know you'll easily get a week's uh, use out of it so it's it's really highly specced on the battery side because we wanted to you know make sure that it was something that was really easy to use in a, in a class environment and you know have you worry about, you know, is it charged? Do I have to put it on to charge every every 10 minutes or something? But no, it, it gives you plenty of playing time. Um, other stuff that's new is, is it's got a new look and feel to it. It's instead of being white with bright primary colored buttons, which really came from one of the, the groups we we're working with were quite young children originally. And when we expanded out to working with uh, 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 older users, the, the, the kind of, it had a very kindergarten feel to it. And that was kind of off-putting for um, you know, older users. 
so it's now it's it's, it's kind of got a slick black almost playstationy look and feel to it um it's still fun and if you haven't seen the original skoog you'll see it uh, and, and it's still really appealing to children you'll think hey that looks like a lot of fun but it it, it you know for our teens and older users it also this looks quite cool so we're you know that that's another really important uh, factor um one and other stuff that's new is uh, the fact that it has this automatic tuning function so this this is hmm. this is i think one of what's my favorite feature and that's it comes with being integrated into ios and working with the ipad one of the things we're able to do is to integrate with itunes and apple music and spotify as well and previously when you were using the Skoog, you'd have to as a teacher or user you'd have to be able to know what key a piece of music was in and then you'd set the key in the software and then you'd be able to play right. and now with the Skoog app it automatically links into your library and if you play a song from your itunes library it will automatically set the notes on the Skoog to be tuned to the piece of music so wow. The great thing with this is no no musical training required on the part of the Skoog player, and or if you're a teacher or a parent uh, supporting someone using Skoog, requires no training or or musical knowledge on your part either, and you can play anyone can play. And the setup is is you know that that need for that, I suppose that learning curve or that knowledge of music. We take that out and say right, just just go for it, and it works. With, and with Spotify, you can stream directly from Spotify into our app, and it will do this auto tuning thing as well. Mm. So that that's really huge in terms of, um, I think, opening up a huge range of music experiences and also content. So, it, you know, if you you have a Spotify account all of your playlists are now your Scoog playlists. So whether you're listening to Billy Ray Cyrus or Beethoven or Mozart or, I don't know, Motorhead, it doesn't matter. All of that is now what you can play with. And that's just, you know, so cool. And, and the sort of final thing that's new with Scoog is it's a lot more affordable. So the original Scoog was uh, $800 US, uh, a bit more Canadian in Canada. And now it's uh, 199 US dollars and, and just, I think, 240 Canadian dollars. So it's much more affordable. Uh, we've worked really hard on getting the cost of goods down and really improving the build quality. It's more sensitive. It feels better. Uh, and it just it works great, you know. And it also integrates with GarageBand easily. All you have to do is just open GarageBand. And if you have the Skoog app on, it'll automatically connect through and you can play with all of the instruments in GarageBand and all those great features there. So this being part of iOS as an ecosystem is just a really huge benefit because it means that you know right. the, the device can work with all these different apps and it's just simple and the workflow is seamless and the user gets all the benefits of great sounds, great interactivity and huge opportunity. So Ben, is it then a MIDI device, or can it be used as a MIDI device? It is, yeah. So the, it, is. it can be used as a MIDI device. It is. It needs to connect to its own app first. So the the Skoog is a controller. It's a it's a Bluetooth MIDI controller, but it's doing some interesting things with the the the, the way that the tactility works. And so it, it kind of has to speak to its own app first on the iPad, but then the with iOS can use virtual MIDI. So you just essentially you connect via our app and then you choose to turn MIDI on and it will send that 
MIDI out into the iPad and be picked up in different devices, or you can then send it from the iPad wirelessly via network MIDI to other devices for music making. And it, the, the Skoog is also compatible with Mac OS. So we have a, a helper app for Mac OS that also um, allows you to connect directly to a desktop or laptop. And um, yeah, so it is, it is a, a MIDI device, but it does need one of our apps to help handle that MIDI uh, in the system. Right. So, I mean, obviously the Skoog is a, is a fairly powerful um, music therapy device, but have you guys found that you've, you've managed to get traction sort of in the mainstream as well? That we're starting to see some interesting things happen. Um, in sort of music education, we've seen some interesting applications of music technology. One, there's some music schools in Germany who have been using it to support their woodwind instruction. So clarinet and flute, when young people start playing those instruments, they, they can't practice for a long period of time because it's very hard work to get the what they call the embouchure, which right. is how you hold you know how you hold your lips to make the sounds so you can't practice for a long time because it takes a while to build up these muscles right. so they have been using skoog uh, as a support device so the students practice with their clarinet say and when they get tired they switch to the skoog playing a clarinet sound and they're able to still practice the pieces of music that they're trying to play hmm. so they're still practicing the musicality the expression and the rhythm without the demand of having to do it um with their mouth or the you know with the strain and the muscle stress that goes with that so they're able to keep learning and keep playing and then to build up the, the kind of more physical side as they go we've seen it used for beatboxing courses uh, by you know using samples of beatboxing to kind of come in on that and and in terms of more wider performance we're starting to see some interesting applications coming through we've, we've seen it used for composition workshops uh, in kind of the classical kind of space by you know challenging young composers to see what they can do with five notes and we're looking now, we're hoping to see, you know, after we've been around for a while, some, you know, people who have begun their Skoog journey start to come through, hopefully as artists and see some traction there. So it's, it's early days there in a way, but we're certainly seeing some green shoots and hopefully we'll have some interesting things to share in the not too distant. Now, in terms of going forward, are you guys looking at sort of other, maybe other designs or uh, sort of offshoots of the Skoog? Are you guys just focusing on continuing to evolve the Skoog as it is? Well, no. So we're we're, we're looking at, at, at a couple of things, and so two things that are that are on the horizon and big. One is we have a we do have a, a new kind of iPhone or phone, a smaller device that brings this tactile uh, interactivity for music uh, into mobile devices, and it's called a Squitch, and that's uh, a kind of one-button musical instrument. It's mm. it's different. And it's exciting, and we're kind of evolving that platform at the moment. It's a because it's a smaller, and it's also a passive device. So it's something that uses the onboard sensors of your of your iPhone to create this tactile interactivity via a, a soft button that clips onto the phone. So it's cheaper. It's it's a different thing, and we're, we're we're evolving that platform. So that's something we're really excited about. And then for Skoog itself, one of the things we're looking at now is additional connectivity. So we're looking at Chromebooks and Android and we are, you know, we, we will have, uh, we're, we've got early 
kind of connectivity with we've got beta kind of versions we're playing around with at the moment and we're hoping to be announcing chromebook connectivity very very soon actually yeah. and looking to help build in that area one thing that's really exciting is is a platform called soundtrap i don't know if you're aware of this yeah. which is essentially a a, a digital a, a, a digital audio workstation in a browser so this allows you to run a kind of multi-track studio on a chromebook which is amazing and what we're working on is connectivity to allow you to connect Skoog into that. And there's lots of vocational um, versions as well with lots of material there for educators that uh, have subscriptions and stuff. But as a free platform in the same way, you know, GarageBand is free on iOS. It provides uh, a kind of a place to start on Chromebooks for doing kind of creative music applications. So we're looking at that. Um, and I suppose the other really exciting news uh, for us is that we now have an office in the US, which is a bit closer to you guys and to our wow. customers over uh, the other side of the Atlantic, and that's in Denver. So we are you know, really looking to support uh, our customers uh, over in, in the US and in Canada and be closer to them and be able to create new resources and share those with you guys and just be, be on hand where, where necessary. One thing, one thing that's um, maybe of relevance to listeners is um, just yeah. So it, it's it's worth you know checking out the, our website. We we also have been updating the resource side of, of of what's offered alongside Skoog in terms of resources for activities or kind of teaching plans or different kind of support materials. So that's always an area where we're looking to kind of expand as well and, and just you know find out the different ways people are using things and, and then share that with the community so that's that's a really interesting area of development for us as well and sometimes that can take us in in new directions and i suppose one of the examples of what that's done is um when we first launched uh, the new skook skook 2 for the ipad um we had assumed that there would be a very uh, a sampling app out there that we could plug plug into via media you know in in the system and and use but it 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 didn't work out like that so the the community was really keen to get this kind of sampling activity which is you know the ability to record your own sounds in and use them simply to to assign a a sound effect or an animal sound or a a vocal sound to a different side of the skook and and play it back by touching it and so uh we got that feedback and interacted with with our users and so we 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 pulled up our sleeves and coded like the wind and, and created an app called Scratch, which is a bespoke sampler for Skoog and is, yeah, it's really, really, it's very popular. We get a, it's amazing what you can do with it. Just, just uh, some, you know, you can go out for a, a walk with your phone and record environmental sounds and then just airdrop them to your iPad and start playing them with the Skoog and start creating. You know, I think what's really exciting about that is the fact that you can, not only can anyone create music with Skoog, you can also create music from any sound. Right. Because as soon as you start playing with it and sort of by playing around with it and the way that the cube is, it starts to create a sequence or a pattern by the different ways you touch it and immediately you start to get musical things happening. You can just create your own soundscape. Yeah. So, and so that must be a really exciting aspect for you guys because, and, and I think it's a lot, it's like this for a lot of, creatively based products is that you know you put this thing out there in the wild and then you sort of never know what the community is going to come up with or what users are going to come up with and they're using these in ways that you guys never even conceived of um so a lot of times it sounds like you just you take some of those ideas and you just kind of run with them in the next generation yeah i mean we're 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 uh, uh 
very focused kind of team and we try and you know we try and keep in touch with users and we're we're always you know we're with software side things we're always evolving things there's always things that 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 can be changed or or need changing you know in terms of the way that you know iOS will update and different platforms will update so you need to keep different libraries will change so you need to keep on refining your code and how it works and so that means that we're always trying things we're always trying new things and uh, the, you know the the community is always there's, there's always talk and, and exchange and you know if, if people get in touch we're you know we're, we're really keen to to, to sh- for them to share and to, and to share with them as well to get that feedback so yeah it's it's a great opportunity more than anything else to kind of you know once you've got you know, a pro- a technology in the hands of users to really you know to see what happens and and how you know how it gets used like you say and sometimes that's surprising and sometimes you know and and then sometimes people really enjoy a, f- a feature that you add and that's great as well and, and sometimes you need to refine it so it, it's and i think it the way that um technology has evolved you know so quickly over the last 10 or 15 years that you know people are are keen to give their feedback as well and, and there's all the social platforms now as well where people will share experiences or, or make suggestions for things which is great as well it's just it, you know it's easier than ever for for people to to get in touch and and to you know be able to contribute in that way which just is great for us it sounds like you know when you guys first uh de- developed both the app and and the scoog you, you know you really developed for ios um, and you know, it, it really works. Sounds like it works seamlessly in that uh, ecosystem. Mm-hmm. So, is it is it a real development challenge to to try to say port that whole experience over to something like Android? I mean, I know you, you mentioned that it's in it, the beta. Well, it it it's, it depends on what you're doing. So, for us, we we originally with Google One, we were originally Windows and Mac back in 2009, 2010, where we started, um, and you know, they they were the main platforms that were there and as we as we evolve things you know with windows machines that were, were out the difficulty there as a developer is is knowing knowing what's in the in the machine the the hard you know uh, uh, different windows machines from dell or from uh, ibm or you know whoever it is they they've all got different parts so the, the sound card will have a different spec and that's one of the you know one of the things with the pc is you can change it upgrade it and do these different things but for a developer for us that, that's a real challenge because we don't know what's in your machine whereas with the mac side of things the the, the spec is you know there is variability but we kind of it, it's less so we know what's we know what the hardware is and we can pro- program and code to to deal with that so we, we did used to support Windows, but we also found it was being used less, uh, particularly in education uh, over the years. And we saw, you know, from 2012 onwards, the move towards different platforms, iOS being a major one. And for us in, in music as well, you know, iOS and, and macOS has always or has grown and, and is in many ways the, the, the more popular platform for music making and music applications right. um, for a variety of, of reasons and for, for us as you know as a, as a, as a company with limit with you know a certain resource base we, we, we've chosen you know we chose to work with with iOS for, for for those reasons and but more as well on the accessibility side you know the iPad and iOS has, has had so much built into it in accessibility that you know it's it's such a great tool in that arena arena and that's when you're looking at um, trying to make music more accessible it, it, it's just such a sensible place to start 
right? And the fact that you know GarageBand is is almost built in there, and, and those right. features, it just it just makes sense, you know, for for us to kind of work within that. When you talk about then you know going from there and, and making a, mu- a move across to Android or and then Chrome and things like that. You know, it depends what you're doing. For us, we're working with Bluetooth MIDI, and that that is a challenge again, hardware-wise for different devices. So, yeah. yes, there's Android is great, but it covers a wide range of hardware. You know, a lot of different manufacturers, a lot of different parts, and a lot of different specs. Whether it's a, a, a tablet, a, a phone, or you know, a laptop like a Chrome a Chromebook device, and so again, it, it's it's just about. Um, trying to establish what those hardware requirements are for a device like ours and trying to make it work with uh, as as support as many devices as possible. So yeah. it's it's a scale consideration I think really. Um, right. but we we're we're, we're we're pleased with the progress we've made with with Android and Chrome so far and, and we're we're looking forward to announcing something around that very soon. Have there been any uh, studies done with the Skoog um, to, to determine yeah, outcomes? Yeah, I mean the the the, the original research. I mean the, the two years embedded research that we did with Nesta that was very much uh, uh, you know research based, um, and there's there's some bits and pieces dating back now from that output there it's featured in various um studies in music therapy um there was a recent one uh that just came out uh, published in europe on accessible music devices it was a kind of overall review it, it's featured in a variety of things quite quite often used um in kind of hands-on projects maybe phd dissertations around music technology kind of review, reviews in terms of music technology and education so there there's 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 research out there that is ongoing and um you know things we find things we find new things every day that the people are doing with it and so it's, it's worth having a, a look around we've learned so much over the last 10 years all the different people who have, have interacted with us and yeah. played Skoog and and created some amazing music and had some amazing times and maybe just um a couple leave with a couple of stories uh, that have, have we found recently and one was from an educator in Spain uh, who's uh, visually impaired herself and, and works with uh, students with visual impairment. And she's uh, been working with Skook and it's really exciting. And she actually was working with a student and, you know, enabling them to play. And the student turned to her and said, and started talking about whether she felt that the buttons were colored. And, and this young person had never seen the school because of her visual impairment. And they had a chat about it. And so she'd started to, it almost conveyed the color through the sound in a way. It's an amazing kind of hmm. uh, sensory kind of exchange. Um, so that that's lovely. And then another, oh, another really exciting um, sort of development and stories is actually one of the other things that we've been doing in the last kind of couple of years is working on the coding side as well with Apple. Uh, we were uh, we were part of the connected devices uh, project for Swift Playgrounds, which is Apple's amazing uh, learning to code platform on iPad. And Skoog now has uh, its own playground, so you can learn how to code your own musical instrument for Skoog and learn a bit about music theory, learn a bit about MIDI, learn a bit about coding in that. Uh, and that's really a really interesting development. And we I was speaking to a teacher the other day who he was working with a student had been doing some uh, playing around with, with Swift Playgrounds and he, he created some sounds. And he said to his teacher that this was how music sounded in his dreams. So mm-hmm. that was pretty cool and, and great to be a part of these different ways that people are exploring sound and connecting with technology, whether it's 
through music, through kind of multi-sensory soundscapes, or through coding now and looking at uh, how you're actually creating things using code and different levels of interactivity. It's a great way to connect with people, and we're really excited to be part of that. Where can people find Skoog online? You can find Skoog online uh, if you go to skoogmusic.com and we've got various links out from there where Skoog is available uh, on Apple. It's available on Amazon uh, in Canada as well and all over the world. And like I say, if you go to skoogmusic.com, all the information is there. And you, if you're in, the, in North America, you can also connect with our US office. Uh, there are details on our website. Ben, thanks again for joining us and uh, thanks for sacrificing your dinner hour to talk to us. That's no problem at all. Thanks, thanks for chatting. And um, let's let's yeah. have you on again, uh, maybe when you guys are a little bit closer to the uh, to the rollout for the for the new version. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, as soon as we've got some information about Chrome and Android, I will ping an email out and let you guys know because I think that'll be really exciting. All right, thanks, Ben. Cheers. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. It sounds like they've really refined the um, the software part of it. To be honest, that that first generation of software was a little clunky to use. Windows. And there's some connectivity issues that yeah. I remember having with it, right? But we've always been using it in Windows, too. That's true. And, That's you true. know, it sounds like they've really just really thrown in on on uh, iOS and, well, and uh, Apple. You and know, it, it's, and it's, it's a platform that's made more for music. Absolutely. And that's why it, you know, it, when, he, when he was talking about that, it does make sense when you think of all the things that you can do so easily in that Apple ecosystem, like AirDrop sounds and yeah. move between, you know, Mac OS and iOS and... Well, even the tools for recording, like, you know, Pro Tools, Logic, you know, have been kind of the industry leaders, even for the, the blindness community when it comes to music production for years. Yeah, and it must be just a dream to develop for that ecosystem because everything is so integrated and works together, whereas something like, you know, Chrome or or, or even Android, you've, you're working with all these different manufacturers, the different yeah. apps that have to work together that may not really want to work together. So, yeah, yeah. I could see where I, I, it makes sense for them to, to really be heavily invested in the in the ios I, I can understand it yeah i think i think the chrome and android probably more than anything is just because it's so prevalent in education now mm -hmm. you, know, you really need to be part of that if, uh, if you're if you're directing your product towards education yeah but uh, but yeah i mean i i would be willing to bet that in 90 percent of the cases where people are going in and dealing with music therapy that they're dealing in an ios or, sure. or mac mm -hmm. environment but uh, yeah, I mean, great. It's it's it is a really cool device, and and I can see a lot of potential for it in the in the definitely in the education and music therapy realm. Um, you know, the fact that you know, just I, I'm I'm always fascinated with the development process, and I know I ask a lot of development questions, and you guys indulge me, but like I'm just fascinated by like how you know how how something goes from just an idea you know on, on paper to a fully fledged really slick tactile cube like the skoog you know and it's it's yeah it's fascinating how it all sort of comes together because he's absolutely right when you think about a cube that's it's so perfect and five five sides pentatonic scale boom yeah you know it's like it, it all just sort of falls together and into one really slick package so yeah, yeah. I was thinking, you know, we're here. We are, we're, you know, we're uh, planning to embark on uh, trying to record a theme song for the program, 
following this recording. I know. And uh, we need uh, we need to make we Skoog sh- part of that, right? We should have broken out the Skoog. We yeah. could actually well, we, sample. We can. Yeah, we can. We, we can. still can. The song won't be done today. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we could. Uh, about today, but. I mean, we could we could sample a cowbell. Yeah, he's got a real Skoog. cowbell. Well, we we could sample it. We, 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 we could sample we could do it in different. Uh, we could do a pentatonic scale of cowbell. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey. Yeah, that's well, maybe we should have a Skoog on hand for those days when Steve's not here and we can't, we don't have the cowbell player. There you yeah. go. Yeah, just Ooh. do a cowbell sample and you can just <laughs> thump the thump the Skoog. <laughs> oh, awesome. Uh, anything else, boys? Not for me. No, Mr. Yanni over there. I'm you got tired the last couple of days. Hey, how was that? How was that pumpkin, uh, pumpkin spice tea latte? It's pumpkin spice dishwater. Yeah. So it's not great. It's all right. It's not great. Yeah. See, there you go. Screw yeah. you, Timmy's. <laughs> I had to wait in line for 15 minutes to get 15. that thing. Oh, well, it's crazy. Uh, oh, don't even get me started. I tell you, my regular double-double coffee here without any pumpkin flavoring is marvelous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so no endorsement for Timmy's here <laughs> at ATP, unless they want to Well, you're not endorsing them? No. I'm so annoyed <laughs> with Timmy's. Timmy's is... I, I just... I have a bad experience with Timmy's every time I walk in there. Is that right? They're understaffed. They've, they've tried to have too much on their menu. Their donuts are terrible because they're all frozen. <laughs> yep. uh, the food's not great. The service isn't good. It's just, it's gone downhill. And yep. I don't blame the staff because I feel like the staff is just, they're understaffed. They, they're expected to make all these ice drinks and... Is it just that franchise, that one location? Or are you finding that <laughs> no, it's multiple? No, it's yeah. all of them. Yeah. It's everywhere. I don't, I don't eat at Timmy's anymore. Mm-hmm. The only... The only thing I ever do with Timmy's is, is drive through coffee. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, I've actually, I was always on board with Timmy's coffee. I always loved it more than Starbucks, and now it's mm. gone the other way. I'll go to a Starbucks before I'll go to Timmy's. Go to Mickey D's. Well, here's a fun fact. Years ago, I guess apparently what happened is that when Timmy's was bought out, they changed their coffee distributor, mm-hmm. and they dropped their their coffee distributor at the time and guess who picked that up mcdonald's mcdonald's yeah. Yeah. Oh, is that so right yeah mcdonald's oh, is funny. actually old timmy's oh that's funny coffee huh. so that's why it's kind of better because hmm. older is better right guys well i know i keep getting better <laughs> <laughs> that's right except at squats squats <laughs> yeah not getting better at squats or sit-ups uh, hey, Ryan. Rob. Where can people find us? ATBanter.com. They can also drop us an email if they so desire. Cowbell at ATBanter.com. And, you know, we're just all over that social media. We're everywhere. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Well, What else do you need? Not everywhere. What else do you need? Now, there, what else is there, really? Uh, Pinterest. Oh, Pinterest. Uh, we still haven't figured that one out. Reddit. Uh, <laughs> well, it's not really social media, but we could be on Reddit. We could create a subreddit. Google Plus. Maybe we'll create a subreddit. I wonder what I wonder what's involved in creating a subreddit. We can't even post to Facebook and Twitter. We don't Shut need up, another Ryan. thing. <laughs> Listen, negative Nelly. We don't need another forum. Shut up and drink nope. your drink your It's all gone. All right. Well, that is going to about do it for us this week. Thanks everybody for listening in. Thanks to Ben from Skoog for joining us. And uh, we will see everybody next week. Banter banter. 
This podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H dot com. Or call us toll free at 1-844-795-8324. For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com. Whoa, look at that. Master of the one take.